Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Metal Embassy podcast, the official podcast of DCHeavyMetal.com. I'm your host, Metal Chris. One of the things I really wanted to do when I started this podcast was discover some of the metal bands that are in sub-Saharan Africa. And this episode, I'm finally going to start doing that when we talk to the band Chovu from Nairobi, Kenya. The band has only released an EP with four songs on it, and they're all very different sounding. They range from black metal to doom metal elements, all kinds of different things in there. But the thing that really attracted me to them the most was this affinity for African mysticism and myth and history that they incorporate into their music. Now, this interview was a bit of a struggle for me to deal with editing-wise, and you'll hear why in a bit. When I recorded this interview with them over Facebook Messenger, they were in an internet cafe somewhere in Nairobi, and there's a lot of background noise that I can only do so much with. That said, I think both Preston, who's the vocalist, and Barbara, who's the drummer, had some interesting things to say, and I wanted to make sure I put this episode out anyway. Don't worry, the next episode's interview has already been recorded, and it's going to sound a lot better, I can already guarantee that. I hope you enjoy this interview anyway, and be sure to stick around to the end to listen to the song we play at the end, because I think it's a really unique sounding song. Hi everyone, I'm here with the Nairobi Kenyan metal band Chovu. I'm here with the singer Preston and their drummer Barbara. They're talking to me via Facebook Live or Facebook Messenger or whatever we're doing here. So one thing I want to ask about you guys is you're a pretty new band. And you only have one EP. It was a four-song EP that was released back in December of 2020. And all the songs on there are very different sounding is one thing I really noticed right away from listening to you guys. Each song has a very distinct sound to it. So what genre of heavy metal would you consider yourselves? Okay, uh, when we started uh, the band, Chovo, we hoped it would be a black metal sound. But the influences from every member, Barbara herself uh, is in the black metal. I'm into more of a gothic boom vibe. The guitarist Brian is into black metal. The bassist, the metal, and the rhythm guitarist is stuff like two. So it's basically a fuse of a lot of genres, but more of black metal and atmospheric black. People in Kenya call us folk black because we talk about native things and stuff. So it's kind of now out there for people to decide, but we are trying to cling on black metal. Cool. All right. I found you guys listening on that Afro Metal Apocalypse sampler CD. That's why I first heard you. You were the last track on there. The thing that kind of made you more interesting to me than the other bands is you really have the ties to, as you called it, like the African myth and mysticism. So I'd like to hear about some of that because that's something I know very little of living here in Washington, D.C. Is this like something you practice? Is this just something you've read about in books? What is this exactly? Tell me about some of this. Okay, if you grew up in Kenya uh, and you had like native parents, it's more of they push that besides the urban education system going on. We always kind of taught uh, our native ways and it kind of dies down when you enter school, when you join the system, but it's always there. You can find old people still practicing witchcraft, still practicing stuff about taboos and stuff. So our first DP was based on a tribe called Kamba, which none of the members is Kamba. But it was the first option because they are considered the most mystic tribe in Kenya. So we thought like the witchcraft and the theme of black metal would actually bring it out. And since some of us are still learning more about their culture, we kind of started with one we didn't know about. Then for our next releases, we are going to 
focus individually on everyone's tribe. There are 52 tribes in Kenya, and uh, our members are five, and each has their own tribe. So, so what is this? This is actually based on uh, Akamba mythology of Abal, who uh, was considered dead but hounds people when they go out partying. And when you take her home the next day, the mother tells you, "Well, oh, she died like weeks ago or something. Left in bed a ghost." Like the song Kiditu Walk, the that track is Kiditu means like bewitching people by walking nude and going to break a pot somewhere, then anyone was wrong during that, stuff like that. So it's just a story of basically storytellers doing native mythology. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's really interesting to me. That's something that I found really appealing about your band. So that leads me to my next question. In some of the photos I've seen of the band, you guys are wearing sort of a it's almost like corpse paint, but you have some sort of like symbols and stuff on you. Is that part of the mysticism or is that something you just kind of made up or what's going on with that? We Africans had war paints. When you think about it, when you saw people in war, the, in the olden times, they had war paints and different for every culture. So we saw black metal people from Norway and other countries use basically corpse paints. So we are just trying to employ the African war paints and turn it to our own corpse paints. With some have meaning, like everyone in the band has an element that they play a role in our stories. Besides the instruments, there's a role everyone plays. So in every video, everyone's constant representing the role they play in the story. So yeah, that's cool. Gonna do a lot more. Yeah. yeah, I really like that. It explains why there's so much diversity in your music. Even just four songs, I can hear there's a lot of different things you guys are doing with it. And that's cool. So. As the vocalist of the band, yeah. what message are you most trying to get across with your lyrics? What are you trying to tell everybody else when they hear you? We are basically trying to tell everyone, including ourselves, that we need to go back to our native ways and cultures and embrace them. Much as everything is changing, we need to accept everyone's tribe. So it's more of end of the tribal war going on in Africa, but embrace it in a way of the good value to us. So teach the message that has been hidden by our schools here. They don't really teach us much about that. We focus more on the light stuff, mainstream, but when you go back home to the village, like the old guys kind of tell you some stuff that you really need to know, but are not sure. So get that stuff and put in the music and try to get people back to them. All right, so one of the songs I was interested in that I wanted to ask you about, I believe it's called Kali? That's yeah. someone's name, I think, right? That's like a name of someone. Yeah. And I saw that you guys posted a picture of Barbara here the other day, and you called her Mokali the Second or something like that. So, who is this Mokali person? Can you tell me about them? Mokali is the mystical. Um, it's, a, it's a mythical girl who died on a car accident on going out. She eloped with someone's husband, and then she ended up dying. When she came back. Now she has, she, has, she has been hunting people as a ghost. So in our tale, what was a race this, we took Mukali's tale and twisted it a bit. We made her in love with someone's husband. That's in the Mukali song. And there she's being judged by the elders. So Death Trap explains why. Our second song, Death Trap, explains that she went somewhere and they were attacked by an entity. And the husband died. She came back to tell the villagers they didn't deliver. So they punished her. And in Kibitu work, she curses them. And into dust after they are dead, she is now wailing about what she has done. And the last song, the million dinosaurs, when the evil spirits come and take her life. So, Mukali, in the context of Barbara being the second, 
on the first video ever we used someone different, Carol Wamaya, but by then we had not met Barbara and she was not yet our drama, so she joined us on the second track and she ultimately replaced the first Mukali and became the second, which went as per the story since after she came back from the attack from the evil entity, she actually changed her face to someone else. So people couldn't recognize her and they got her like a okay, so like an intruder, that's why they vanished her kind of. So yeah, for the track after the EP, Barbara is still playing the role of Mikali the second. All right, that makes sense. So what tracks is she on then? You said she's only on some of the ones on the EP, right? Every track except Mikali the first. Okay. The first song, yeah. Cool. So that leads me to another question. I would like to ask her, I assume there's not tons of women drummers in Nairobi in metal bands. How did that become something you decided you wanted to do in a heavy metal style? <laughs> well, drumming was something I used to do ever since I was like a little So I met these guys, so they made me do some drumming and stuff. And then, yeah, that's it. We just joined the, yeah, just joined, I just joined the band. And, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's exciting. I'm always excited to see more women in heavy metal, especially playing some of the major instruments. I think that's really exciting. So how did you meet the rest of the band then? Because it sounds like they were already a band and you met them. Yeah, yeah, they were performing. They used to have a studio at a place in Nairobi. So my friend told me about it and yeah, we just met in a show basically at uh, a studio. Cool. So do you like playing live with them? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. <laughs> that's great, that's great. What's it like being into heavy metal in Nairobi? I only know a few of the bands because I listened to that Afro Metal Apocalypse sampler that you guys were on. But outside of the bands yeah. on there, I don't really know many bands from Kenya at all. Are there a lot of them? Are there a lot of metal shows? Uh, the metal scene in Kenya kind of started in uh, 2002. So there are hella bands in here. Most of them died down, but there's Irony Destroyed, Last Tragedy. Power slides, let me say. Uh, Chobo, of course. The hell of metal bands in Kenya over here. And yeah, I think the scene is kind of growing. What is your favorite metal band then? I've seen you in that Anthrax shirt in one of those music videos. <laughs> Not a thrasher, really, but in Kenya, I think it's Chobo, of course. And then I think last year's tragedy. Yeah, yeah, locally, yeah, that's it. Cool. Do you find any challenges being a woman in a metal band out there? Is that fairly common? Are people accepting or do people think you're like someone's girlfriend all the time or just like, you know, not part of the band or what's it like? What's it like being a woman in a metal band there? It's kind of exciting. People accept it, but yeah, there are hella challenges over there. As you say, people think I'm just a girlfriend, yeah, some that type of stuff. But yeah, it's kind of good I, I must that's good it's good they're pretty welcoming because sometimes it's yeah. not it's sometimes it's not at places you know so so i mean this is kind of for both of you too but i was interested in how you guys recorded the ep what sorcery yeah. is this i think preston can share cool cool yeah chris hey preston <laughs> so i wanted to ask how exactly did the band go about recording the ep what sorcery is this did you guys have a studio out there or how was this done what was the recording process like there's a band called Seeds of Datura. They used to have a jump fest in uh, Kaduna Forest. So when they were called to go to Nyegenyege Festival in Uganda, they kind of left us the space. And there we assembled and we started writing songs, but we didn't have a studio to record them. Then we met Harvey, 
he owns the label, label Julian. It's like one of the serving labels in Kenya. Kind of the only one. So yeah, we had no option not to go with that. That's how we ended up coming up with the studio and doing shows and recording the EP. But we didn't actually get to an understanding with the band, uh, with, the, with the label. So we broke off without signing any contract. It was, it was more like we didn't understand the music business at first. We were just starting out as artists. And he gave us the offer of instruments and recording space, but then we kind of had a tussle. So we left that issue with our lawyer and our manager, Danny Kobipo. We are trying to start up something else, but the EP was under Obsidian Media, which also recorded for Cesar Tatura. The one that came up with their from the Panopalic Fix, that level. But yeah, not anything else. So my next question then is, do you plan on recording any more songs soon? Have you guys written some more, and are you going to put out another release, maybe a full-length album? We are actually in the process of writing a new album. We are trying to mix up everyone's uh, nativity inside, so every song comes with every different tribe. We're trying to use more native language, we're trying to employ more love, metal, fresh speed, and some heavy methods of the metal up there. Just mix it up and kind of borrow from also African instruments. Like we're thinking like using an Atiti or like Baganda drums, percussions just to fuse them up a bit and also some couples of like African chants inside. Because she's Masai example and our next album, the main character is Masai. So you have to go to her native land, spend a few days there, learn a few things and then yeah, maybe get someone to collaborate with do some chants and then yeah. So the next album is kind of big. It's gonna take a while maybe that we have like a sponsor from Canada giving us instruments this September. So we have written songs, but we have not perfected them until instruments arrive. That sounds really exciting. I'm really excited for that, man. It sounds like you're really trying to expand on what you've already started with. So, oh yeah, I asked her a little bit, but what are your biggest metal influences, both bands from Kenya and just bands from anywhere in the world? Moonspell, Apathian Forest, Atiricon, and every 80s thrash metal band there is. Yeah, so. all right, Bay Area thrash, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. One thing I noticed, too, you all have these stage names that have the word Lord in them. Is there a reason you all do this? Tell me a little bit about that. The name Lord started with Martin Kanja from Duma. I hope you've heard of them. They're like a Nipenyege project from Kenya. They're really big right now. They're the biggest oh, oh Duma. You're talking about Duma. Yeah, I've heard of It's like electronic, right? Yeah, they mix yep. up electronic and some friend yeah, so the vocalist came up with Godship while he was still in City of Natura. So every metalhead who's an artist, actually in a band, you get the title of Godship. So that was just like basically when it, when it started. Then Chobu picked it up and made it an individual to everyone. So like Godra is like Lord of the Chaos and it goes with character and the drumming and everything. Guitarist is the Lord of Path, is the oldest in the band, you know. So we are like, yeah, yep. we look up to the path. Our rhythm guitarist thought is a lot of time because never focuses on time, it's just a free song. <laughs> uh, our bassist is a uh, lot of death, is uh, quite an asshole. <laughs> so it's gonna actually cause death to anyone's ego around. So it's like, yeah, damn, a lot of death. And uh, with a lot of blood and tattoos. And, uh, All right, so let's see here. You know, this is something that caught me off guard, actually. I wanted to ask you about this. 
So I saw, I think it was actually you, Preston, in the Vermilion dinner video, the yeah. music video. I think, is it you? You're yeah. wearing a Burzum shirt, right? The Burzum shirt was Cyborg, the okay. guitarist. All right, it's the guitarist then. Okay. I know I saw somebody wearing it. So here's the thing I didn't understand. You know that guy's like super racist, right? Like that guy's a Nazi, right? So it just but, threw me out. It's, it's kind of confusing, I guess. The t-shirt was actually even used also in Mokali and also for Million Diner. So about the basics of the verb being racist. Well, everyone has demons and stuff, but we kind of filter out what he did. And yeah, he murdered someone, and you know that. And it's kind of went behind bars for it. But we are actually appreciating the music he created. Like we covered Duncan Hate as one of our first songs ever as choking. So yeah, if you ask any metalhead around Kenya, they'll be like, "Bug is brutal, Filanzemo is brutal." But when you go online, you hear like, "Yeah, they shout white power and everything." So we are just basically filtering out what we need from it, and they would get really that metal should unite. You know, when I was younger and getting into black metal, it's one of the first bands you hear about. You hear about the murders and the church burnings, and it's exciting, and you want to learn more about this stuff. I get it. I'm just curious. I don't think I've ever seen black metal musicians, though, wearing actual Burzum shirt. That kind of threw me off a little. Anyway, one thing I wanted to know, too, is have you ever heard of the band Zeal and Ardor? Yeah, yeah, the guy, the black guy's doing like the fine, uh, and stuff, yeah. And he does a lot of the chants and stuff. I really like them a lot. Too. I was just kind of interested if that was something that you guys had heard at all. I like them a lot. Really, really like them. The first time we just had the song, it was like, what so <laughs> Yeah, it's certainly unique, you know, and that's what I'm always looking for. I love hearing something I haven't heard before, you know, so... Another thing I like to do is every time I interview someone, I like to buy you an album from a band in my area that I think you would like, and I'll send it to you on Bandcamp because you can gift someone an album. So I'll send you the album okay. for free of a local band. And here's what I think you're going to like. They kind of remind me of you a little bit. They don't have the African mysticism side, but they have that kind of like hard to define what genre it is. It's a little bit of black metal, a little bit of like noise, like all kind of different stuff, but somehow it works. And it's got that cool atmosphere that I think you're gonna like. And the band is called Gorazdi, G-O-R-A-Z-D-E. And they put out an album called Eyes in the Gloaming. And they're from Washington DC here. And this album came out in 2020 as well. So I will send that to you when we are done, just as a thank you for doing the interview here with me. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, we appreciate uh, Next time we might kind of be all members or something like out of nowhere, but we were actually ready for it. We were waiting for it. Otherwise, we would also have gone home. The band members wish they were here and we appreciate the support of you. All right, now after the interview here, what I'd like to do is play a song of yours so that the listeners can all hear something that you guys put out. The song I wanted to play was, so I'm, I'm a little confused. Is it Vermilion Dinner or Vermilion Diner? Vermilion Diner. Okay. Because it's spelled yeah. different ways. I think on YouTube you have it spelled one way, and then on Bandcamp it's spelled a different way. That's why I wasn't sure. The errors were when we broke up with the label, some things were just not. That's okay. Fast, so it's actually a single end. Okay. So I like the whole album, and again, I can't reiterate enough to people that all your songs sound very different, so it's hard to pick one that really exemplified your sound. 
But I wanted to pick the Vermilion Diner song here for people to listen to. If you could tell me a little bit about the song specifically, because, you know, we'll play it here in just a second. And also, the one thing I know, it has clean vocals on it, too. Did you do the clean vocals also? The clean vocals were done by our bassist. He's also the vocalist to our grand band, the Skin Remedy, which is basically just chobu members, but doing grunge. So when it comes to the Skin Remedy, me and him switch. I take the bass, the vocals. Cool. Well, can you tell me then about the Vermilion Diner song? What exactly is the song about and any background you might have on it that people would want to know? Vermilion uh, Diner is the last song the uh, It's the end story of Mekali when she has to pay for the favor she has from the dark side to banish the, the villagers who banished her. So when she was banished, she went to the dark side and she was given uh, mysticism to kill everyone there. And now she has to pay for it in the price. That's the end. That's why you see Barbara running in the woods. And you see like the four elements of everyone being shown that these elements are coming to take back the price they gave it, like magical surprise. So at the end of the song, you notice everyone is dying, but also Kali herself gets her end. So it's basically the end story and it's one of our favorite songs. Every band member actually loves it because it's like all the involvement, the fusion of black and some melodies, and the fusion of the vocals. Yeah, and it's a nice ending. Yeah, I like that song a lot too. It's probably not your fastest, but it definitely does a lot of different things. You know, you can tell different elements all in there, and, and I like that a lot. Well, thanks a lot for doing this interview here with me, man. This has been a great talk we've had here. I'll let you know for sure once I get the uh, the full recording up. I'll do a lot of editing, so like when the phone dropped out, I'll cut all that stuff out so it'll sound clean. People won't know that awesome. stuff. Uh, awesome. But thanks a lot for doing this, and I'll send this. Send me your email address that you have a band camp. If you have a band camp set up with one, even if not, I can give it to you either way. And then you can download it and listen to it for free. Hope you, hopefully you'll like it. Uh, and again, yeah. thanks a lot from Washington, D.C., man. This has been a blast. Thanks, Chris. Thanks a lot. Thanks for my
Metal Embassy is brought to you by me, Metal Chris, and DCHeavyMetal.com. I personally record, edit, and produce each episode for your listening pleasure. The Metal Embassy theme and credit music was written, recorded, and produced by Stefan Elie. The Metal Embassy logo was made by the Lord of the Logos, Christoph Spazgel. If you have questions, comments, criticism, or suggestions for future episodes, you can email me at dcheavymetal at gmail.com. This episode was recorded in Adobe Audition, and I used an ElectroVoice RE320 microphone. I conducted this episode's interview with Preston Samanda and Barbara Sinapai via Facebook Messenger video chat on June 29th of 2021. The song Vermilion Diner was used with permission and can be purchased at chovu.bandcamp.com. Thanks for sticking around until the end of the show. On the next episode, I speak with someone in a metal band that is a First Nations Canadian and get his take on metal as well as the discovery of unmarked graves of indigenous people that have been found across Canada recently. Until next time, keep it metal, everyone.